0: Thank you, and enjoy today's message.
1: Whoa. Well, you might think that's a bit odd. It's almost like an ending, but we're starting with the end because this is part two, really, of last week. I think what's just been seen there, the rise of the guardians. I would like to believe that all of you could rise as guardians tonight of your own beings, of your own kingdom, of your own lives. And uh, I thought it was wonderful in that clip where the little boy says, what if it comes back? Yeah, what if it comes back? We've all uh, experienced deliverance in ways, but then we find that in those dark times, in those difficult moments, those things come back. And what is wonderful is the, uh, the, the um, challenge comes to the little boy, will you be your own guardian? And we would like to believe by the end of this um, service tonight, this, this event that we do, that you'll all be willing to make that vow that Jack Frost did, that you are important, that your dreams and your wishes are so important that you're willing to stand as a guardian uh, of, your, of your own soul. So last week we did Haunted and uh, a little bit later on, I'm just going to take us through how Jesus had to face his Own hauntings in the desert, and uh, we're going to look at that. Now, it's interesting what a guardian is. Have you ever thought that it's young people who have guardians? It's kids because they don't know how to look after themselves. So, when we're asking you to take up the challenge to be a guardian, that means you've grown up, and that's what we want to bring tonight, where you come to a place where you grow up to say, I will take charge of my own heart. Now, the Bible talks about the scripture, it says in Proverbs, guard your heart above all else, guard your heart. Now, it's a bit weird because the heart, as you know, is a pump. It's pumping around blood and it works so beautifully. And should it stop right now, that's it for you. So it's very important. But the, the Bible references the heart as it being a spring, <coughs> excuse me, a spring from which everything flows. So you can imagine what you put into that well is what comes out. And so we've been trying to encourage you uh, over many weeks and months at Q is what we put in ultimately is what comes out. Now, We've all, like we say, have experienced deliverances, but it's how do we keep that way? And uh, for the first part of this uh, service tonight, we're going to show how easy it is to go back uh, into, uh, into prison. If you remember that the children of Israel were taken out of Egypt and um, of course they, they cried. They said, this is terrible. This is awful. We don't like where we are. And there was a, an incredible miracle happened and they were taken into freedom. But what happened? They started to moan and they said, let me go back. Why was that? You would not believe that that could be the the, the way people are because prison becomes familiar and it becomes safe. And it's not nice to say, but you even know that in the context of our Justice system, people who have been imprisoned for a very long time do not know how to live back in the world because they become institutionalized. And it's the same with us. If we have been in a situation where the imprisonment of situations, the hauntings that we've understood, have created a, a sense of freedom, freedom in the sense of safety. Coming out of that means we have to face what life really is all about. And sometimes that's not very, very nice. And we say, oh, let me go back. Now, the thing is that often the guards that are on those prison doors appear to be friends, but they're not friends. They are saying, I'm here to protect you. But no, what they are doing is stopping you living. And a few weeks ago, we talked about the fact when we showed the clip from the Croods, we said that just basically staying inside and staying safe, that's just not dying. It's not truly living. And honestly, we want to just get over to you guys tonight in whatever way we can. And I often say that what we do is bring modern day parables. Jesus talked in parables. If anybody ever tells you that Jesus preached from the Bible, just crack out laughing. He didn't. He didn't have one, right? He told stories. And what we do every week is bring modern day parables that will give you insight into how things can be for you. So like I said, right now, we're going to take a little trip into how we can so easily be taken back into our imprisonment. But by the end, we will know what to do to stay free. Is that okay? Great stuff, thank you.
2: Boy, doesn't that paint the picture of reality how we tend to feel about ourselves. Good to see you all today. Thanks for helping us last week as well with uh, what is unusual to most churches for territory for us to go into and um, having just got back from Australia and um, the guys that we're working with and helping um, out there. One thing that I see as I travel and as I'm here that that mostly churches are all trying to occupy the same space and uh, a good chorus for that would be anything you can do we can do better sounds a bit harsh and critical but I'm afraid it's true and we're trying to occupy a different space a road less traveled of where I believe things are going I'll talk a little bit about that on Wednesday if you care to be here or watch online about how how uh, Newtonian physics and Darwinian evolution have shaped the way we think that is not true and is not accurate to the way that the world is, but we've all been shaped by it, and you need to learn something, whether you like it or not, about quantum theory. But we'll leave that be. So this verse that um, was up there at the beginning, Proverbs 4.23, this is a mash of... uh, Uh, NIV and New King James, above all else, guard your heart, for out of it spring the issues of life. Now, that's a pretty bold statement. Above all else, seriously, above all, above everything, guard your heart. The question would be why? Would you like to know? Shall I tell you? Are you interested? It's because the greatest battles of your life will be the inner ones. See, what we see, what we touch, what we feel, what we talk about is just the outward stuff. But you see, the big battle is not the outward stuff. The outward stuff is just the manifestation of the inward stuff. And the truth is, whatever we're trying to fight things on the outside rather than deal with them on the inside, we will never succeed. And just like Frank... When the chips are down, and when terror comes, we'll put ourselves right back in the same prison that we were in, because although we got out of the prison, we were never truly free. And I can say beyond a shadow of a doubt that many of you in here tonight are not truly free. You're outside of the prison walls at times, but the moment the heat comes on, you go straight back into the prison of whatever that is of familiarity. You see, the truth is it's in the alone times, often in the darkness and at the point of our greatest weakness and vulnerable moments that we face our greatest test. You know, I've often said we can all be all kinds of things to all kinds of people, but, but what person are you when the lights are out and you're laid in bed and it's just you and yourself... Thinking about stuff. Who's that person there? That's, that's, that's the real image of where you are in your life right now. And it, it may be strange to some that we would use the language of haunting, of ghost-busting, of inner demons, and voices in your head in respect to the life of Jesus. Yet these terms may best help us to associate with the one who overcame... And became, you see, because we get, we get so high-minded when we look at stories that are recorded even in the Bible. And in Luke chapter 4, he talks about Jesus being led by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, into the wilderness, into the desert, where for 40 days he was tempted or tested by the devil. I, I would say to you, that was a haunting of Jesus, <laughs> It was a time when there needed to be a ghost busting, a dealing with some issues that, that come to life, some, some, some inner demons, some voices in the head. You see, we, we make this assumption because it says the devil tempted him that there was this personal interaction between two beings. We, we could have a long conversation and argument about what the Bible means when it talks about devil and Satan but but the thing that we would be most familiar with because not many of us meet some physical devil stood in our room getting us but boy I'll tell you something the voices in our head the voices in your head I love that clip from uh, Rapunzel because she's saying, I'm free, oh no, you know, mum's going to be so, dis- I'm just the worst person, I'm loving this. And we bounce in all of those things because we can't deal with the inner anxieties and the inner, the inner issues, whether, it, whether it's a divorce or a failure, you know, or a loss or a weakness or something that has happened to us. The inner voices... Those are the hauntings, the inner voices. Now, I'd like you to appreciate and get human about the human Jesus in the wilderness for 40 days and the inner voices challenging the very fiber of who he is and testing him and tormenting him in that moment. Have you ever thought, what did Jesus feel? See, so many people just read and think Jesus was in the desert. He was tempted by the devil. 40 days later, he comes out of the devil. Never give one moment's thought to how did Jesus feel during those 40 days? What emotions was he going through See, I can say from from a a long knowledge of the the story that the push is always against your character and towards a perceived, easy, quick fix. That's the push, the inner voices. You could just fix this if. Just go down the pub, just have another relationship, just... Just get angry, just ignore, just don't forgive, just be bitter, just stay away, just don't be present. These are all the inner voices of the easy, quick fix that actually are against your character and towards something that never works. And it's that if you just do this, it'll be okay. If you just don't do that. And so we get this thing as we look at this This story, don't worry about doing things right is the essence of the message to Jesus. Don't worry about doing things right. Take the shortcut. Why stay hungry? Why wait? Just turn the stones to bread. Why wait? Take the shortcut. And you see, that's where those inner demons never get dealt with because we're always taking the shortcut. Therefore, we never deal with the inner anxiety and come out of this thing with any kind of victory. Three temptations recorded. The other one, don't stand for who you are. Bow and give in to what is dominating you and you'll get what you want. And so the temptation for us to bow to something and give ourselves to something that in essence we know can't be the answer, but it seems to be promising to us what we're wanting and we can't get. And then the third one's all about here's how how to get everyone to believe in you and to love you. We're all on that one. Here's how to get everyone to believe in you and love you. And in Bible language it says, why don't you, if you're the son of God, throw yourself off the temple. All these people will see, because angels will come and guard you and they'll lift you up and everybody will see that you are who you are. But what I would say is, it will simply kill you and there will be no angel to save you. If you take the path of here's how you get everyone to believe in you and love you, the process you go through will simply kill you. There will be no angel to save you because there is a deeper issue at the root of you that needs to be resolved, which I'm going to talk about in my next thing. So in the Rescuers Down Under, the classic phrase that is so much at the core of our hauntings is uttered to Frank, what are you doing out of your cage? And it's echoed in Rapunzel's video. What are you doing out of your cage? Because that's where we find ourselves insecure, vulnerable, and thinking the safest thing to do is just go back into the cage, but our word to you tonight is no, you need to come out of the cage and if you learn what the secret is, even from Jesus' ministry, you can get rid of those hauntings and those demons and you can return in power in a spirit that is, 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 is victorious and overcoming because we're here tonight, just like I believe God is, to all hold your head up and to remind you who you are. So if you think of uh, the woman who claims to be Rapunzel's mother as the voices in your head and if you think of what Rapunzel had she had a revelation when she saw the light of the sun that was telling her past all the voices and all the attempts to imprison her in a false state who she truly was you know the essence of the whole narrative that we call the gospel has in many ways been distorted because it's put at the core of that gospel the lie of separation and the lie of separation says you're not worthy you're not deserving You should not be accepted. And then we interpret what we call the gospel through a lens that actually it 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 appeals to something within us which is the sense of reward and punishment. I should be punished, now I'll be rewarded. And it takes us down a path that doesn't actually lead us to the reality of the truth that Jesus was trying to bring us to because in that Luke chapter four reference of Jesus facing the hauntings in the desert and the inner voices at the core of that, of the hauntings, the voices, the temptations, What was happening was that Jesus was facing an attempted smash and grab for the one thing and the one thing alone that is his awareness of his true identity. And all of these voices, all these hauntings, it's a smash-and-grab effort on your life to grab one thing. It's after one thing, and that's the awareness of your true identity. And, and if, if these voices, if these things can grab that from you, it will make you lose all confidence and all stability and all security. So, if you're wondering why you're lacking in confidence, why you don't seem to have stability, why you feel insecure, it's because the smash and grab that has happened has been effective in stealing from you the one thing that truly matters, which is the awareness of your true identity. If you doubt me, you can backtrack that story in Luke chapter 4, and you will find that Jesus had a baptism, and in that baptism, there were two things happened. One is there was a voice that was heard that said, you're my son, I love you, I'm pleased with you. Unconditional, all-embracing, accepting love that wasn't the mushy kind of love that says, well, actually, um, you know... I'll kind of take you on board as a project. It was no, I love you, and I'm going to call you my son, or in other words, an inheritor. I want all that I have and all that I am to be all that you have and all that you are. And you say, why did I say there were two things? Because there were some people who didn't hear a voice. They just thought it thundered. And here is my point. There is a voice that speaks over every one of us. You're my son. I love you, I'm pleased with you, but you see, the problem is many of us only hear thunder. And when we hear thunder, we don't associate that with the revelation of something good. We associate it with an impending storm because we only hear the thunder. And some of you live in the realm of the storm because the revelation, you only hear us thunder. And then you're stubborn. You're proud and you resist the voice that says to you you're loved you're accepted you belong and whatever you resist that voice you'll continue like frank just like frank you'll get to the point where it's what are you doing out of your cage, and you'll go right back in your cage because you won't embrace it. The whole issue of the story that I've dealt with tonight in Luke chapter 4 of Jesus in the desert and all these hauntings is based on one real thing. The great challenge of the voices, if you get past the outer detail, was focused on this one theme. If you are who you think you are, prove it. I do not need to prove that I'm the son of Albert and Doreen Chapman, I just am. So I've never gone round in my life trying to prove that because I just am. But you see, the problem is when our religion becomes distorted, we are then trying to prove that we are somebody. And while ever you're trying to prove that you are who you think you are, you never come to the conclusion that leaves you at peace. You become like Rapunzel jumping from one thing, oh, I'm blessed, oh, I'm cursed. Oh, it's good, no, it's bad. I'm free, no, I'm bound. Because you keep fighting against that, revelation and this was the challenge of the voices in the head if you are who you think you are prove it and I'm glad that Jesus in the wilderness did not do one thing that would attempt at any point To prove that he was who he thought he was, because he didn't have to prove it. He just knew that he was that person. And in the security of that identity, he was able to leave the desert. You see, you're not getting out the desert unless you get to the place of security about your identity. You'll spend your own life there. But while Jesus was secure about his identity, I am his son. I do belong. I am accepted. I am worthy. For those of you who've been listening to us, I won't repeat the words, but I am not post, piece of theology. That's not me. I am somebody, I am loved. I've heard the voice, it's not thunder. I've heard the voice, this is me. He was able to leave the desert. He was able to leave the torment. He was able to leave the haunting. You don't have to prove nothing. So I suppose that leaves us with two questions. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? You need to answer that question. Who do you think you are? And the second question, can you guard your heart with that knowledge? You see, whenever I know truly who I am, And who God says I am, my heart is guarded against all manner of ills because knowing who I am makes me live out of that, not towards something. You see, the problem is when you don't know who you truly are, you're always trying to live towards becoming that. So you don't know, you're trying by what you do to become who you are supposed to be? But the truth is, when you know who you are, you know what to do. And life then begins to change. And that's what I want you to find tonight. If you want to bow your head just for a moment, you can. I'm going to come back just to say something about the words of the coming. But can you honestly say, dare you say, because of what has been done, I am a son of God. Now that includes daughters as well. It's the Bible language is always sons, because sons always got the inheritance, they got the family estate. That's why it says sons and not daughters. It's not actually being sexist, it's saying you get all the estate. Can you say in your heart? Will you say in your heart? Because you hear the voice, I am a son of God, I am loved, I am accepted. I belong. If you will believe that tonight and receive that, that will not only bring you out of your desert, but it will guard your heart against all things. Thank you. All right, so before, before our last um, song, one of the reasons we showed that clip from The Labyrinth is because. It's not Jesus in the desert tonight. It's not Jesus' battle, although you could say he fought that for you. The truth is it's you, just like the girl in the labyrinth and the temptations of, look, you could have all this if only you'd bow down to me. If only you did. You see the parallel. You could have all this and she needs a moment of resistance. All of us need a moment of resistance that breaks that power over us. And, uh, you know, this might sound like a strange prayer to be in church, you know, castles and goblins. And but but let, me just, let me just run you through because I think it's just something important here. Through dangers untold and hardships unnumbered, I fought my way here. Now, you might want to do, not want to do the castle and the Goblin City, but I'll tell you what. Um, I've, I've been in Goblin City. I've been there. Uh, you can call it all kinds of fancy names and nice names and theological names, but I've been in Goblin City and wanted to get to the castle beyond the kingdom, the place of life. Why? To take back the child that you have stolen. You see, what happens in all of this is the attempt to steal the child that you truly are, the child of God that you truly are, endeavouring to steal that child. And our point tonight is that that child that has been sought to be stolen by all of those things, we've come to take that back. Because our will now, because we can choose, our will is as strong as the voices, is as strong as everything that's against us. We are as strong inside because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The voice inside is as strong and my kingdom is as great. This is a battle for the kingdom. It's a battle for the kingdom of your heart. It's a battle for the kingdom of your life. That's why it says above all else, guard your heart because out of it come the issues of life. But we're taking that kingdom to be great. And to tell those powers today, just like Jesus was able to say to the voice in the desert, you have no power over me. It's true. Believe it, accept it, receive it, and walk away free tonight.
0: Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast.